Namaste. I'm Mitesh, a communication and life coach. Namaste. This is Shakti. I'm a holistic healer and a transformation coach. Together, Mitesh and I are the founders of Spiritual Alignment. I want to welcome you to the Spiritual Alignment Podcast. Today, we are presenting a brand new topic, which is benefits of a mindfulness practice in the workplace. So let me begin by asking you, Mitesh, what is the message you have for the world today? Thank you, Shakti. And the key message I want to remind everyone today is a mindfulness practice is really the express route to being a great leader. And when I say this, I say this in the sense that, you know, just imagine you stepping into a leadership role in whatever personal, professional, it doesn't matter, but stepping into a, a leadership role where you are in the seat of your own power, you're able to process any emotion that comes up and being able to respond in a conscious way. You take on any situation and recognize what are the tendencies that your beliefs or whatever may want to carry you in what direction, but then you make that decision and saying, no, as me, as a leader, as who I am, this is what we need to do, or this is what I need to do. And just imagine that for a moment, because that is really the place where this mindfulness practice can take you. And I always, I see it as truly as, a, as the express route to being a great leader. Wow, I never thought of that. But what I'm hearing you say, Mitesh, is that when you practice mindfulness, there's a part of you that automatically steps into leadership, a part where you can make these choices about how to respond and how to lead. And that just happens, which is pretty awesome because, you know, there's a whole lot of trainings out there about leadership, but who knew that the success formula is found in these ancient yogic texts. Yeah, so there is a lot of wisdom that has been passed down from ages, from the yoga tradition, from you know, sages from all different parts of the world. And ultimately, you know, let's start with the basics here and, and look at, you know, when I say mindfulness, what do I mean by mindfulness? And and just defining it so that we can all be on the same page here. What I mean by mindfulness is that you ultimately become a witness, a witness of everything that is going on in your being at any given point. So whether it's your body giving you some sort of reaction, whether it's an emotion, whether it's a physical sensation, whether it's a thought or thought patterns, or whether it's a feeling, whether it's depressing, whether it's joy, whatever it is, you become a witness to all of that. And so mindfulness is really, in a few words, 
a practice of self-awareness to be the master of yourself. And with that self-awareness, there's so many opportunities that open up for you. You know, just imagine, you know, you being almost like this, um, you know, when at an airport, there's the air traffic controllers. They see everything from so far away. They know all the planes that are coming in and out and kind of guiding, okay, you know, United Airlines, you go first, you know, Air India, you go second. And, you know, they, they set up that whole infrastructure just by that viewpoint, that vantage point. They're in one place, but they're literally guiding this whole intricate system at an airport. And similarly, you sitting in your captain's chair as the witness of all of this can have the power. And that's why I said earlier is that, you know, you become a leader when you are in the seat of your power. And this is that that captain's chair that you take on to direct everything that goes on in your life. And that's really the beginning of all of this. I never thought, like, you know, I have been doing this work for a while too, but just hearing you speak about mindfulness, a question comes up, Natash, is it easy to manage our mind in this way? Is it easy to be in that control seat that you are talking about you know because there's a saying out there old habits die hard <laughs> so I'm wondering how easy is it to really step into that seat of leadership yeah so everyone is in my opinion born a leader you are born with that with you being in that captain's chair and a lot of times we are trained out of that to say that you are wrong or you are not right or there's something that comes up and you know it happens we we grow up and people kind of take on that other people take on that leadership role for us and then we have to find it within us and so it's there to begin with and of course with anything it's just remembering it and rewiring this internal mechanism within yourself to, to bring that level of self-awareness. So it could be as easy as, you know, when you're a witness, to observe your breath, to observe your thoughts, to observe the feelings, to observe, you know, anybody can observe. And, and that's where it starts. You give yourself permission to just notice what's going on. And oftentimes the challenge most people face is that they aren't noticing. They're just so much in autopilot mode that, you know, these things are just happening, you know, by knee-jerk reactions or uh, things that they don't really pay attention to. And that's where it starts, is when you take a moment to pause, that's where mindfulness begins. I see. <clears throat> so what you're saying is that it's as easy Practicing mindfulness is as easy as pausing, observing, and responding from that space of pause. Beautiful. So talk to us a little bit more about how mindfulness really leads to better leadership. Because I think a lot of people here have heard the term mindfulness, but there, there are very few ideas and people out there that have made the connection between mindfulness and leadership. So help us enlighten, please. Absolutely. And 
I mean, these connections are are pretty obvious once you start to to dive into this. Is that you know, I have a one of my one of my clients. He's been, he's been struggling with you know decision making, and one of the things that happens is that rather than talking himself into something, he talks himself out of decisions and choices. And, you know, with this mindfulness practice is that you can observe and just notice, oh, this talk track that's happening inside of me is leading me out of a decision versus leading me into a decision that I've already set myself on. And so it's going to help you know, one of the benefits is that it helps with clear and conscious decision making, that you stand behind with conviction the decisions that you make or the decisions that you decide upon. Uh, another client, I know she's been struggling with healthy boundaries. You have relationships, you work with people in the, in the workplace and you, you look at, you know, are you taking on too much responsibility? Are you taking on a lot of these things that demands from other people? I know we talked about this in, in an earlier podcast about people pleasing and, you know, and then using mindfulness to saying, wait a minute, this is not mine, but I want to set this boundary for myself and this is what I'm going to do to set boundaries. And so these are a couple of things. I mean, there's more to this where one of the big things with, big benefits I find is that it helps to develop a level of neutrality around your circumstances. You know, before having a mindfulness practice, I would constantly react to things that there would be these internal programs that immediately something happened. Oh, there's a reaction of, I'm going to feel guilt. I'm going to feel shame. I'm going to feel angry. I'm going to feel uh, upset. And it would just happen without me really thinking about it. And so what happens is that after this mindfulness practice, I'm giving myself permission to be more neutral and saying, okay, it's neither right and it's neither wrong. Uh, I'm in this middle place. I'm just going to observe objectively what's happening. And it gives me that power of neutrality, which is immensely powerful once you get to, to be familiar with it and get to practice it. And I've already talked about this as well, where you respond to situations versus reacting to them. That's a huge benefit that, you know, as a leader, if you're constantly reactive, 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 it's not going to take you far in your career, nor is it going to take you far in, in just how you lead your life. But when you are able to respond in a conscious, powerful way, it's going to significantly amp up your ability as a leader. And then, you know, the, the other things that, that come to mind here are, you know, you understand your tendencies. You're able to take a deep dive and say, well, in this situation, this is my go-to tendency. And then you can put a stop to that with a mindfulness practice, with that awareness of what, you, what direction your thoughts want to take you in. You take a pause and you are able to redirect, almost re rewire those patterns to something that you're choosing versus it choosing you. And then lastly, one of the most important things that I find with how it helps to develop a better leadership or a, an express route to leadership is that how you relate to other people. You know, once you take a, a good look through a mindfulness practice of yourself, it's so much more easier to see and 
and step into empathy with others and saying, okay, I noticed this in me. I see something in them or I'm noticing something in them or I'm noticing, and you can ask those questions and, uh, or even just validate another's experience because you're validating your own experience. And so it gives you this superpower, which I'll consider as the ability to, to really step in with empathy and understanding of other people. Wow, yeah, that empathy is definitely a superpower. I think it's one of the most underrated ones out there. Uh, but, you know, I had, uh, I, I, I did this little work with a group of women and I asked them what is like number one leadership quality that make you respect other leaders. And surprisingly, empathy was number one on their list. So I'm so happy to hear you talk about it because empathy is not absolutely not mainstream. And especially hearing you speak, you know, from a man's perspective, I really think more and more men need to hear this and adopt this, uh, really live their life from the principle of practicing empathy for others. And I you know, I think I fully understand um, how mindfulness really helps us develop that because you have the pause, you have this ability to discern, you have this ability to observe, you're not caught up trying to react to the world, trying to be on this hamster wheel, really trying so hard to get there. You are in that pause and from that pause, it's far more easier to observe and you know, connect with people and really meet them where they are. So really brilliant. Uh, thank you for pulling this all together and uh, summarizing it for you. So Matesh, I have a little bit of a rapid fire, you know, play with you here because you love your, one of your core messages is to play, especially when it comes to leadership and work and career. Um, so I am going to ask you, a few questions around mindfulness. And, uh, you know, these are some of the things, honestly, I have personally heard from friends when I talk about meditation, mindfulness, and I want to hear your take on this. And I think when we go through this little game, I think it will help people to um, really really understand, you know, some of these hurdles, why they show up and what they can do to get around that hurdle. So we're starting with just a question. What if someone doesn't meditate? Can they still be mindful? Shakti, you're putting me to the test here. And now I have to respond right where, you know, not to react to this, but actually respond to the, these questions. And I love this. So thank you for sharing. And yeah, I mean, I get that a lot as well. You know, what if I don't meditate? And the beauty of the mindfulness practice is that you can be a meditator. You don't need any prior experience with meditating. But all you really need is this power of observation. And, and that's where it starts. Uh, some people confuse that term with, you know, mindfulness is meditation. Yes, there are mindful meditation techniques you can use. But really, it starts with, that sense of observation, self-awareness, and taking a look bodily level, breath aspect of yourself, thought aspect, as I mentioned earlier, emotional aspect, uh, circumstances, everything. You just take that pause to observe what is going on, what is happening. 
And the next step to that is that asking yourself in any situation, well, why am I feeling some resistance here? Or what's that fear that's coming up? Or what's that belief that's getting in the, in the way of me getting to where I want to go? And, and that's really it. Pause, observe, and ask yourself, what's getting in the way? And that starts that dialogue internally to come to a resolution and respond in a, in a way that represents your leadership. Bring on number two. What's number two? <laughs> Before we get to number two, just want to uh, quickly summarize. So meditation, from, from what it sounds like, meditation is a tool for mindfulness, but mindfulness practice is not entirely dependent on meditation. In meditation, you practice taking pauses more. But can you practice mindfulness without meditation? Absolutely, yes. And once you are you know, kind of reminding yourself to take pauses, uh, you know, de-layer what comes in, comes up for you in that meditation practice. You know, what is that resistance really about? Thank you. <laughs> what if someone leads a very busy lifestyle? They really don't have time to meditate or being mindful. Yeah, and for this one, I always take it as, you know, if you're saying you're busy, then what you're valuing is your time. And my take on this is that mindfulness is really a, is going to save you in the long term, in the long run, right? Like right now, you know, just imagine if you responded, or sorry, if you reacted to a situation, you know, you're spending so many hours at work and, you know, you reacted to a situation, something blew up. Now you're gonna spend triple, 10 times as much time, now you're going to spend about 10 times as much more time to kind of figure out and, you know, solve that problem that you just created for yourself. And it's in the, in the long run, it doesn't serve you. So I say that, you know, even if you lead a busy lifestyle, this is actually going to save you, you know, like I said earlier, even by setting healthy boundaries, you're saving yourself so much time. You're not taking on all the, the dump from other people. And so it is a long-term solution. And secondly, I mean, some of the techniques that I offer to people are as simple as 10 seconds to a minute. That, you know, you take a moment, what I'll call a mindfulness minute, to really check in with yourself, to observe. And it doesn't take that long to actually do. All you need to do is just remember to do it. And that's the, that's the hard part sometimes is to remember. But is the actual practices, they're not that long. It's going to save you, like I said, much more in the long term. And really, it is about that strategic response to the fire drills that you have in your life. And I mean, this, this comes up in so many places. Like even, you know, when I do work with communication skills, when people are preparing for a presentation, they're, they're just putting, you know, slapping together these PowerPoint slides, but they're not really thinking about what needs to go in here. They're just like, okay, I'm going to have this slide deck. I have this slide deck. I'm going to merge this slide, this slide, this slide. All right, I have my presentation. But really, that's not serving them at all, where even in your life, if you just take a moment, what I, what I teach to folks is just take a moment to think about, all right, what is it that you want your audience to do? What is it you want your audience to remember? What is it that you know, the key takeaway for them. And when you ask yourself these couple of questions, the presentation, you know, creates itself. And similarly, 
if you have a busy lifestyle, strategically responding to situations like, okay, what am I, you know, what am I resisting in this moment? What's the, you know, what is the other person feeling right now? These little questions can lead you to a better response and it's more strategic. And that's why I look at mindfulness as a strategic practice, which as I mentioned earlier, is an express route to being a great leader. I'm feeling this one very strongly, Mitesh. Um, I often say that in the energetically, there is no concept of time. Yet, as humans on Earth, we're just obsessed with time and trying to just. I, I think we're all programmed to be so fast and to take really fast action and get to places fast that we often forget where are we going. <laughs> Why are we going? And what are we trying to really achieve? Why, you know, what is really fueling this desire to get somewhere? So I, I completely resonate with this. Okay, on to the next one. What if someone is exhausted mentally? You know, like, like they, everybody has like really busy jobs and a lot of mental processing they do in, in their jobs. And and they're like, I can't really do any more processing. What would be your response to that? Where did you get this list from? These are, these are some challenging questions that you're putting forth here, Shakti. But I'm happy to answer these because, like I said, this, these do come up quite often. And to those who are mentally exhausted, I'll say this, is that there are practices, mindfulness practices, that don't do anything, that, that don't do any sort of mental processing. It's really sometimes as simple as incorporating your breath and allowing yourself to breathe and relax and, you know, relaxing that, having that effect on your parasympathetic nervous system, which is that part of your nervous system that causes your body to relax. And when you allow yourself to relax in that moment, the mind stops, the chatter goes away, you're much more free to bring back thoughts that are more conscious and serving you versus, you know, being drained by all the, the different chatter that goes on in your mind. So even just that simple process of connecting with your breath, connecting with your body and giving it that opportunity to relax and to chill out in many ways is going to serve you and not exhaust you. I love the science behind this. Thank you for speaking to that whole parasympathetic nervous system. It's so important that people understand uh, how much we can actually shift in the mind than be, you know, led by some other drive that the mind gets engaged in. All right. What if people are overwhelmed and intimidated of what they will find when they do pause? That is a big one for, for a lot of folks. It's this unknown that, you know, if I take on this mindfulness practice, I've heard that things may come up, uh, you know, emotions may pop up, I might react in a way or I might find something that I didn't want to find or I, that was uncovered or that was covered for so many years and now I have to deal with this. And I, I, I definitely see that for folks who have had long years, many, many years of patterns, many, many years of habits, many years of just programming that they are under, growth can be scary, no doubt. It is going to bring up things that you probably did not want to 
look at or uh, or are not wanting to look at in that moment. And the thing is that you know if these patterns continue, then you know you can say, oh yeah, ignorance is bliss, and I'll just continue on with my merry life. But it's not that long-term solution. It's going to show up in other ways, where you know from the yogic system, you know when you have these patterns or these blocks or these resistances that you hold on for so many years, they'll show up in other ways in forms of illness, in forms of, uh, I'll even say cancers and other things that show up, uh, heart issues, lung issues, you know, arthritis, they'll show up in ways in your body that you eventually have to deal with it. And so it might be scary right now, but ultimately this practice is really a freeing practice, a freeing process. It's going to help release so much of this junk that we're carrying around and uh, really lead to a healthy long-term life where you can enjoy your, your later years and you can enjoy your quality of life right now because you're not carrying all this baggage. Just, you know, that analogy of, you know, if you're putting on a backpack and you're carrying all these rocks in your backpack and you're just going for every single place with this heavy backpack. All you need to do is just let go of the backpack or let go of those rocks and you're free. You're free to truly experience life in the way it was meant to be experienced. And so it's really that rewiring of your, of your brain, of your body being done in a very conscious way. And then ultimately, this all leads to you being a better leader, it ex gives you that express route to being that great leader for yourself in both a personal and professional setting and, and really being the master of your own life. And that's why I value this mindfulness practice. And uh, I've seen many others benefit from some of these exercises that, that we work through. Thank you, Mitesh. That was wonderful. And I am leaving convinced that I need more mindfulness in my, in my life. And I am setting intention to have you be here once again, where maybe you can do a deeper dive into some of these mindfulness techniques, because it does sound like a wonderful practice. And I think uh, more and more people can use it in their lives. And we would love to have you back here at some point to really walk us through some of these techniques that you use that have been wildly successful in your life and, and for your clients. And to all the people listening to this episode out there, thank you for tuning into our podcast today, whether you are listening right away uh, as it's posted, you're listening live, or you catch a replay. We trust that this episode was useful to us. Please do share with us how today's topic resonated with you. And how do you plan on committing to a mindfulness practice? Um, please do subscribe to our podcast, share it with friends or family who you think may benefit from this information, and absolutely check out our work at spiritualalignment.com. Both Mitesh and I really value community. We are obsessed with having community, and we invite you to really be part of our a spiritual alignment collective group on Facebook so that we can connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. We can connect with you and have a, a two-way dialogue going and uh, would love to have 
you be a part of our universe. Thank you.